No, we are not adding a fart soundboard. We are not becoming a stupid morning breakfast show called The Zoo or The Board or whatever stupid thing is on FM radio here in 2018. All I'm saying is, you know, we could stand to have like at least 20% more farting. I'm Lauren from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Hello, all you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 63 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined as always by disgraced former wildlife documentary filmmaker, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. See, the trick is to stun him first. See, everyone always used to wonder why I used to bring a cricket bat on my nature documentaries. Bam! Take that, lizard. Bam! Take that, endangered bilby. Bam! Take that, bandicoot! It was sort of like a combination of a sports program and <laughs> nature documentary all at once. Well, to be fair, there wasn't a whole lot of documenting of nature. Because what I'd do is after I've, bam, you know, hit this poor Bilby on the head, I'd string him up like a puppet and make him dance. Sometimes, I'd put a little top hat on him. Yeah, so you're only really documenting nature, you're more like torturing and maiming it. I was teasing nature. <laughs> it was an allegory of the suffering of the rainforests. That's, that's what I took from it. Yeah, 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 that's that's what it was. That's what I read into your yeah. art. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, art is one way to describe it. Um, the RSPCA uh, won't let me go within 100 feet of a cat now for some reason. Just imbeciles. They don't appreciate. They don't appreciate good art, like, no. you know, firecrackers and cat buttholes. <laughs> that's not, that's a sad thing. You did, and then you know. But the, the, see, the the art part is me singing "Rocket Man," gonna be a bam. Right. I was gonna say "Rocket Cat," but I just I just couldn't bring myself to say it. I just hate cats so. Whoops! I let that slip. Cats are lovely creatures. They do not harm Australian wildlife nearly as much as I do. <laughs> I'm yes. obviously not bitter about being allergic to them, and them always killing me several times. <laughs> I do have a lot of signs around my neighbourhood saying, like, you know, keep your ACs indoors at night. <laughs> this, that is a wonderful thing in Canberra, actually, is that mm. a lot of suburbs are, like, keep your cat indoors. Yeah, they're sort of like cat prison suburbs where the cat the cat is locked down. Which is good because cats kill, like, they kill a lot of native wildlife they in do. Australia. They're, they love to kill. They're a pest. <laughs> they are literally a pest. They're like a predator. Yeah. That kills wildlife. It just happens to be like Australia just happens to be full of wildlife. It's just about like the size of a cat's dinner. I remember reading this. <laughs> I think just, yeah, yeah, basically everything's just like the perfect portion. For well, the, th- the problem is that it's not just little birds and like little mammals. It's also like lots of lizards as well. I love yeah. lizards. Lizards yeah. are awesome. I read about this this guy who was arguing. Oh yeah, it's just evolution. Like I let my cat out because you know he's allowed to. You know, it's just evolution. My cat's better than all this wildlife. And then about two days later. <laughs> The guy comes and goes, can we have a moment of silence for my cat who was hit by a car? Oh, <laughs> and, and everyone just went at this guy and said, no, that's evolution. And he was like, no, it's not. You, other, my, other, they don't have cars. It's like, yeah, we evolved to have cars to hit your cat. 
bit better than your cat. It was bloody awesome. <laughs> and I'll never forget that post. Uh, that is funny. I mean, yeah, the thing is that, yes, wildlife in Australia has not has never had to deal with a predator quite as deadly as a cat. No. So, like, lizards just sort of sit there and cats walk up to them and just gobble them up. <laughs> quite well, because they're cold-blooded and they yeah. need the sun to kind of, you know... Yes. ...live. Cats can just sort of, like, yeah, at a certain time of the day, they can just sort of wander along, like, some kind of freaking smorgasbord <laughs> just collecting collecting lizards off the side of the road. <laughs> smorgasbord. And speaking of the jungle and endangered animals... Hey, segue. Yeah, we are playing... Pitfall. Yes. Explanation mark. <laughs> I ruined that intro, but yes, we're playing Pitfall. <laughs> okay, Rob, we've been researching this for weeks. Big history, <laughs> Pitfall. Tell me everything you know right now. Go. It's a uh, slow game. Too slow. You're fired. I've been looking for a reason to do this for years. <laughs> oh, you're, you're off the podcast. I'm going to hire someone else. You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I got that on tape. Actually, I was about to say literally, but not literally tape. Literally recorded. Now you can we do not use audio book. tape. I do actually. You know that I actually have a Sony dictaphone. Mm-hmm. We could record ourselves as well, and then digitize like the micro cassette, mm-hmm. and then put that up at the same time. Genius, and it will t- sound terrible. Yeah, that will, that's a great idea. That is fantastic. I, I throw. I should have said this years ago. I, I'm. I am putting down my foot about this I don't care what the big executives at Game Life Balance HQ have to say <laughs> we're doing it sock puppets that's <laughs> really? yeah I've talked to those guys like every other day they're literal sock puppets I don't even know whose hand is up their jacksy but it's just like a big wooden desk with leather upholstery and it's just a guy sitting under the desk going meep 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 and they are the Game Life Balance executives this is a real revelation to me. I looked up to those people. I, they were my idols. Well, yeah, I mean, if you go in there, they literally look up to you. I've crafted my entire life around the teachings of what? Punch and Judy. Bluey and Blackie. <laughs> sure. Mismatched socks. Sure. Just completely dismiss my own ideas. That's all right. That's fine. That's why I'm used to that on this podcast. <laughs> we were built around dismissing your weird ass worldview, Robbie. <laughs> Everyone does. It's just the way. It's the way. Way of things. All right. So, so we okay. We should probably prefix this mm. entire podcast, which yes. is we can't really now because we're halfway through. <laughs> we're recording this on a Friday night. Yeah, and so we're a bit tired and and you know, a, a bit, bit silly. So okay. your schedule's changed again. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're now probably going to be recording on Friday nights. Oh God, this is a terrible idea, Robbie. More often than not, or Saturdays during the day, occasionally. Um, we can, look, we can record during the week if we need to. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, yes, it, there's going to be a different vibe, I guess. Yeah, look, uh, Saturday night was great because it gives us a day of rest, uh, you know, a day of preparation. Hmm. Friday night is like, you're finally off work, but both of our jobs are incredibly busy. Yeah. Especially at the moment. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm free. Oh, I've got this one more thing I want to do, which I enjoy. Hmm. Like, we both enjoy doing this. But at the same time, it's like... Hmm. It's a bit of extra work on a Friday night. Yeah, and we both just want to have fun. So the, usually the end result is that we just we just make the podcast about us enjoying what we're doing rather than about whether it's a listenable show or not. Yeah, <laughs> or not. We, we just dick uh, around with games until we go, oh, God, it's 10 o'clock at night. We actually really literally have to record now. But uh, we are going to try and talk about Pitbull. Pitfall. Okay. I almost said Pitbull. Pitbull, that's is a good game too. A very different, very different thing. All right, so Pitfall. 
Do, yeah. you, do you want me to actually give you some facts? Why don't you give us the facts about this very famous and very popular game? So it was made for the Atari 2600 by the very first third company, third party company ever, Activision. This wasn't the very first third-party game, I want to say. Mm. This is probably their most famous game for the 2600. That is because it is a great game um, for the 2600. Whether it's a great game in general, we'll, we'll answer that at the end. Yes. Um, but basically, it's a side-scrolling, although it doesn't technically scroll, <laughs> platformer. That's right. Which was kind of unheard of uh, in on home systems at the time, really. Hmm. I mean, there were kind of platformers. Uh, Donkey Kong we had been out in the arcades and other games as well of a similar ilk. Mm-hmm. But this one, the fact that you get a different screen every time, and now it doesn't scroll in the traditional sense that it does nowadays. It's kind of it kind of flips from one screen to the next. Yeah. But you got a lot of continuity because the floor. Uh, or the ground always stayed the same, the, the background stayed the same, and it was the incidentals yeah. that looked different. So you're a bloke called Pitfall Harry. That's he does right. have a name. Yes. Uh, and he runs with great fluidity, I want to say. He looks like a man who's running rather than a stick figure who's, like, bouncing up and down with something up his ass. Look, yeah, it's pretty, like, for the time, it's, it's like, well animated. It mm. looks like an actual human running. He like, does, yeah. Yeah, like, as <laughs> to the extent that that's possible on a 2600. So there's there's two levels to the game. There's the, the up above level. Yes. Which uh, has uh, many traps. It has snakes, fire, um, pits of tar and water. I think or level least- might confuse... Maybe it's more better to call it like a... Like a- I don't know, like a walkway or like a yeah. tier. Like, yeah, yeah. Because above, both, like, you know, above tier, below tier. Yeah, you got like a upward, like a top path, and then the underground path. Yeah, path is probably a better way to describe and, like, this. Every screen, you, you can see both paths. Hmm. Yeah. So you can. The only enemy that's on the the bottom path is a scorpion, mm-hmm. and there are ladders to go up and down, so you can skip certain obstacles, but there are brick walls in the way, so you might go for two screens, but there's no ladder, and you have to go back, and it wastes time. Mm. So this is actually a time-based game. You have 20 minutes to collect all the treasure. Now, the top the uh, the top floor has snakes, uh, fire, disappearing lakes, or just lakes of both uh, water and there's like a black hole which I think is meant to be tar that kind of opens up. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's it's blue or black it kills you. <laughs> yeah. Just like our damn sock puppets. <laughs> and uh, there are alligators and the, or well, alligators or crocodiles I don't know which they're meant to be. Uh, probably <laughs> the caimans I believe. Oh, is. Yeah, yeah. You, you go in your, go back in your box chocolate. <laughs> so You would know as a nature documentary <laughs> filmmaker. I whacked many a crocodile. <laughs> That sounds wrong when I say it out loud. He whacked them at mafia style. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he garroted them <laughs> with piano wire. So I th- I'd say that the, the crocodiles are the most um, probably iconic obstacle in the game yeah. and the most dangerous in a way because they you can land on them, but if they open their mouths, you fall through. But if you're standing on the eye part, mm-hmm. you're safe. Yeah. But they open up and down like in a certain you know time rhythm. Yeah. So... It's you can make it across in one, but you need to be pretty damn good with the controls. Yeah. And the controls are pretty important here because they are great. I you know, I mean the controller itself, the Atari twenty six hundred controller, 
Not so great. I'm just going to say that right here and now. Yeah, not, the, not a great controller. The classic black joystick with the red button. Yeah. But yeah. we were playing on a PS2 controller because we were doing uh, some Activision games on the Activision Anthology for the PS2, which yeah. comes complete with a whole bunch of uh, licensable 80s music, like Safety Dance. <laughs> yes, which I did enjoy listening to while I played Pitfall. You were uh, groaning the entire time. Look, I'm not... There's some 80s music I like, you know, but there's some 80s music that I think we can all agree is best left behind us. Um, yeah, but look, it's in some ways, the Atari 2600 games are so sort of like stark and there's, there's no music really to speak of or anything like that. So yeah. it's, it's kind of good that they put that in there, really, when I think about it. I mean, yeah, there are some sound effects, but there's no kind of background music to be heard here. You can opt out of it. You can obviously go into a menu and turn oh, it yeah, off Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, want. yeah. So, it's like a ghetto blaster there. You can you yep. can fiddle with the controls. There's only so many times menu. you want to hear safety dance in your, in your life, really. <laughs> you've, uh, you've probably hit your maximum. Yeah. Around 1992, maybe. You got halfway through the first time I heard that song, probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Look, this isn't about safety dance. I wish it was, but it isn't. It's no, about, we, we can do before. that. We can do that, Robbie. Let's just flip the script on this whole podcast, AC, and turn it into a, <laughs> a music review. Was it Men Without Hats? Is that was that safety dance? Yeah, or Men at Work? No, no, that's, no, that's no, Australian. No, that's oh, God, I should know this. I'm an 80s buff, but my brain is gone to jelly. So, look. <laughs> it's Friday night. Friday night. It's Pitfall a, is, right. um, it controls really well. It's only got one button, jump, but it does feel very good. Uh, the controls are very responsive, uh, and every screen, or at least the overwhelming majority of screens, and there's like 70 or something like that, are all slightly different. They're like a slight different combination of, you know, the top path, the bottom path, the uh, the vines which you swing across on. Yeah. Uh, the barrels, or the logs, rather. Mm-hmm. There's scorpions, there's uh, snakes, fires, and they're all different combinations you need to go right first, get, like, the one treasure, and then you need to go back, like, 24 screens and then down, like, a pitfall mm. and then to an exit or something. And then you go, like, 63 screens and then back four screens or something. Yeah, there's definitely, like, an optimal path. There is. Uh, and it's the only kind of way you can do it. Because you can just dick around. Like, the, the way to finish this game mm. is to master the controls first. Master the obstacles recognize what's happening on a screen. Don't just keep running across because like a hole might open up beneath you. That's right. Yeah, you have to... The game forces you to like play it carefully, really. Yeah. It's... uh, I don't want to use a Dark Souls reference, but it's it's the kind of game that requires you to think and and play it well. Mm. You can't kind of just muddle your way through it. It, No, especially because of the timer. You have 20 minutes on the clock. So, basically, after you've mastered the controls, then you need to find the most optimal path to get all 32 treasures. Mm. And then when, if you do that, and if you get it under 20 minutes, yes. you get a kill screen. That's right. <laughs> this right. kill screen is just, it just stops. Everything just stops. Lucky you. Yep. Probably because, and that's one of the interesting things, is that, like, there's not a lot of memory on a Atari 2600 cartridge. You know, 4K. Uh, and they did a lot of tricks and, and clever sort of, like, black magic to, to fit... This, like just the amount of screens that there are in this game, mm. you know, into that cartridge, and they probably were like, uh, "We can have a kill screen, or we could have another screen to like of the game." And they're like, "Let's do the game." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, they made the assets, um, and then they just put them all in and saying, "This asset goes here. This happens if this goes here," which is yeah. why you don't see a whole lot of 
you know, there is a variety of screens, but not variety of obstacles. No, like there's a set, there's a limit. Like you, you basically rattled off everything in that yeah, that is in the game little spiel. in like one sentence. It's funny actually, as you were mentioning that, I was like, every single thing that you've said is in the, in Australia. Crocodiles, yep, snakes. Oh yeah, lots of those. Fire, those lots of fire. <laughs> Logs rolling at your legs. God, I hate that. Breakneck speed. <laughs> it's a constant problem. Pitfall Harry. I hate that guy. He's the guy who washes your windows at the at the intersection. Yeah. yeah. Think, why Why is that guy there? Like my car does this for me. <laughs> I have a letter of complaint. I'm going to send to the Department of Rolling Logs actually because. <laughs> Department of Rolling Logs. I feel like we're spending a lot too much Ro- taxpayer money like rolling logs at people's legs. <laughs> You know, you just described literally, like, three government departments that I know (laughs) that could fit into. I know that it's important for our nation's economy that we break as many legs as we can. (laughs) But I just question whether... I question whether we need this quantity of logs. There are a lot of a lot of logs, and they cause fires as well. <laughs> it's a problem. Well, you know, on the on my way to work, I have to jump over about six or seven <laughs> of these damn things. Yeah, but you're in a kangaroo most of the time, so that's okay. Yeah, and then uh, I saw a rope, and I jumped on it, and it went. That sound effect is great, by the way. I love that. It's the Tarzan. That's right. That's it. That's yeah. I didn't do it right. I'm sorry. I'm I'm terribly sorry. You should be. I'll go hang myself after this. So. Pitfall. So, I think we've said uh, most of what there is to say. Uh, mm. Like, you master the controls, and it's fun. And yeah. then you actually try and finish the game, which is also fun. Yeah. It's a. It is groundbreaking in a lot of ways, and it kind of created the platformer for the home console. Yeah, I think that's true. It's certainly. Yeah, it's a turning point. It really was, and yeah. it's a. It's a. It was a popular game then, and people still talk about it today. They made many sequels. They made many update, you know, and uh, re-releases and updated versions of it. And there was one for the the NES. I think there was one for the 360 as well, I want to say. There's kind of been a few, but none mm. of them have been good as the original in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. None of them have been quite so groundbreaking. And this was a David Crane job as well. So, Yes, that's right. Uh, prolific game designer and original Atari co-founder, I think, I do believe. Hmm. It was there, I think it was there very early in the beginning. My history of... So, not Atari, Activision. Damn Activision, it. yes. I meant Activision. Sorry. Yeah, Friday he, wasn't, he wasn't with Atari at the beginning. He, he was, wasn't, no. He, he was, was, a, he was at member. Atari, but he left to form Activision. That's right. Or become a part of Activision. My Activision history is a little muddy, i got to say. I know what that they were the first third-party publisher... And they got into a lot of trouble because, you know, uh, Atari said, no, 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 you can't start making money off us, off our machine. That's copyright. And they ended up winning that court case with a little bit of outside help. Because mm. although they had a lot of money, you know, they were trying to stall the court case so they kept, you know, their resources were dwindling. Yeah, yeah. Because they could halt production. But um, they actually managed to win. Which was a big thing because then all of these other third-party companies came up. And that's kind of what also destroyed Atari as well. But, you know, I think Activision did a good thing. Atari wasn't going to last forever. No. I think, you know, that, yes, you can't, you, can't hold, you can't hold back this kind of proliferation of creativity and stuff. like that. That's what happens when a new medium is, is sort of, you know, becoming Created, more like, yeah. yeah, once it takes off a bit, mm. you know. So now we've talked a bit about um, Pitfall. What do you reckon, Robbie? Would you recommend this game? Look, you know, I think I think what I can say about this game is that it really is 
uh, a product of its time. Yeah. You know? And a lot of the things about this game that really make it stand out and make it important are like couched within the context of what what that game was up against when it came out and like Mm. what other games on the Atari were like in comparison. And, and, you know, that's a really important, you know, context to have to judge this game. So Mm. taking it out of that and putting it into 2018 and saying, well, is this still, is this a good game now to play now? It's, it's much more difficult to recommend it because it is like, it's very simple. It's it's pretty bland. Like once you've seen one screen, you've seen them all. Essentially, you, that's what the game looks like forever. Mm. Um, the platforming for its time is really good. Like the controls are really good for its time, but by today's standards, it's it's a bit clunky. Um, and there's because there's a set path to get through it. There's really only one way to play the game right. And if you're not doing that, you're kind of screwing up. Yeah. Um, so there's sort of like a lot of like game designy stuff that like we've we've kind of moved on we've evolved. Yeah. Games are better now like objectively than they were back then. Um so it's like there's a lot of issues but but I picked it up and played it today and there's there's still some things about the game that are fun. Like yeah. the controls are fun. Pitfall Harry runs along at a good pace. When you're jumping over things and like clearing obstacles and and playing the game well, it feels really fun. And I think that's probably something that was the case in 82 and is still the case now. Just like you pick up the controller and you're instantly like, oh, this feels good. And especially compared to the other Atari game I just played, which feels <laughs> bad and looks bad and is horrible and hideous <laughs> in every way. Like hmm. this is about as good as the Atari 2600 can get. But the question I have in my mind is like, like think about this. When it was ported to the ColecoVision, people were upset that it didn't look better. Mm. Oh, and the television, sorry. They were like, wait a minute. This is just the same game. Like, the television's much better than the Atari. Surely they could, like, make it look better, you know, make maybe make it bigger or something like that. But they didn't do any of that. They just were like, here's the same game, boom. And yeah. people were disappointed, which I think goes to show that a lot of the game design really was based around the limitations of that system. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, it's hard to recommend, really. But it's, a, it's very important, mm. you know, if you're a historian... Mm. what about you AC where do you land no I don't really recommend this game <clears throat> I think most people who listen to this podcast would have at least heard of Pitfall mm. they've probably played it at some point or seen someone play it I don't think it's necessary to play it at all mm. I think if you're into Atari games it's a must have if yep. you're into retro video games it's something you should know about mm. it was a really important step forward for what would be you know side scrolling platformers in the future Yeah, it's all of those things but going back to it now it's you don't need to, yeah. you know. It was a, it was an important stepping stone. It was revolutionary for its time. But going back to it, it was fun, and I played this game and I had fun. I just want to prefix that mm. that uh, I had a lot of fun playing this game. The reason I played this game and suggested it is because I haven't been playing a lot of games recently, mm. and I got this game, which is the um, Activision anthology, and I just decided, you know what, I um. I just want to go back to not the very beginning, but close to the beginning. You know, mm. I just I just wanted to play something simple that was fun and that I could enjoy. And I played that game several times over that night. Not mm. winning. I've never completed <laughs> that game. But just, you know, having fun with the controls. So yeah. although I had fun with it, I can't recommend it. Like, you know, you'll, you'll either have already played this game and have opinions about it. Or you'll look back and go, eh, I'm sure it's good, but no. 
So, yeah, not really a recommendation from me. But, I mean, we're not recommending it, but we think it's really good. It's we one do. of those ones. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> piece. It's, an, it's, a, it's a good talk piece. Yeah. Especially because of what was happening in 1982. Yeah. Uh, the history around it and, and, uh, and everything about this game is important. Yeah. But uh, as something, it's not like Super Mario Brothers where it's still fun for everyone today. Yeah, yeah I think that's right. It's an important distinction. Mm. I think you really nailed it earlier when you said, like, it's a good Atari 2600 game. Probably but the it best. Might, but it's maybe not a good game in general. Yeah. Do you look, know what I mean? Like, it's difficult to go back to the yeah. 2600s. Uh, I have actually sold my 2600 console. I have a 7800, which is backwards compatible. So, and I do have a number of games. I have fun playing some of those games sometimes, mm. but it's not a console I go back to a whole lot. Yeah, I think it's that it's more about whether it holds up or not, as opposed mm. to whether it's a good game. And it doesn't hold up, so I can't recommend it. Yeah, but it is a good game. Yeah, yeah. that it's makes a, sense. It's just interesting. It's, yeah. it's a it's a very important game, but you know, not one for the punters out there. So, Robbie, you've been doing nothing but playing games. Nothing but. <laughs> I think I'm going to read your mind here. Yeah. I'm reading your mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's messy in there. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't go in there. No, it's... no, no. There's a little door. It's not fit for... Uh... Everybody's hugging. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, I know for a fact mm-hmm. you've been playing some PUBG. I so have... I get the feeling that you're going to be talking about PUBG because PUBG. Yeah. I mean, l- let's face it. Um... Exactly what we were talking about one year ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things have come full circle. Uh, yeah, look, I have been playing a bit more of it because uh, you know I got a, I got a little taste and I wanted to keep keep di- diving back in and it's been fun. Uh, there's That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried yeah. about getting that going back in and going. Oh, I'm just going to play one game. They're going. Oh yeah, this is good. Oh my god, I want to play again. Oh my god, I got to keep checking. <laughs> look, it's still the same game in the sense that like if you're having a good night, it's fun. If you're mm. having a bad night, you, you get pretty pissed off pretty quickly. And, yeah. Um, and it's really it's it's still really jarring and upsetting when you're just like lying in the grass hiding and then someone just shoots you and you don't know where they are and you know you're just dead and like <laughs> like it still has that you know it still has the limitations of that game uh, but it's it's fun that I played a uh, event recently they had a a 24 hour event on um, which is very different the way the game normally plays yeah how did it work? Uh, I can't remember the name of the event or anything but what it is is um, um, basically instead of a very large circle that that you know sort of goes inwards onto a particular point the circle starts very small mm-hmm. uh, and the plane just goes right to that to that very small circle and we're talking like end game size of the circle and like, you're all forcibly and you're ejected all, you uh, no you can choose to jump out but if you jump out earlier well you just die you're just going to die yeah um, when you respawn though the the plane starts over the circle oh, so okay. that's good yeah, um, and it's the same game except you start with weapons as well. So you, when you drop it down, you, does it, everyone have the same? Everyone weapon? has the same kit. Okay, or, cool. or it varies slightly, but you'll have a shotgun, yep. and a pistol, mm-hmm. and a grenade, or one one like explosive grenade. Oh yeah, not well, like that's... a not a flashbang or something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, and yeah, so it's a shotguns and pistols battle for twenty four hours, and it was it was actually weirdly really fun it's very different to a normal game of PUBG much but it more. still plays the same like the mechanics are the yeah, same yeah right? it's the same the mechanics are the same but like because of the way they've set it up it, it mm. plays much more like a Call of Duty or like a you know that kind oh, of like okay. like a spam fest mm. and basically deathmatch like an actual deathmatch the other really good thing is that it has respawns so when you die you respawn so how do you get a chicken dinner in this 
you don't it, you're it's a team based thing. You're on you're on a team of four, and you and it's the first two like. Does the circle still first to two hundred points, and you get points by getting kills and downing people, and the first team to two hundred wins. Does the circle still get no, smaller? It's no? just it's just, just, just that just one set, size, set, and so it's just this like here's okay. a set area. You have a team, uh, and it's just like a, a slaughter a slaughter fest basically. So are you playing this with? Uh, I with played it with my, I played it with old Nath, yeah, yeah, and randoms as well. Oh nice, which is fun. Um, because you never know who you're going to get, right? Yeah, um, I know that feeling. But it was actually like pretty cool. I played a bunch of that. Um, very different, but it is good because it gets you used to like you're not so scared of dying. I think one of the things with PUBG is that like because there's like a big lead in time. Often, like you're you're looting that looting phase. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's like a sunk cost in a way. And then when you die, it's like damn it, I spent all that time looting, and then I just died. That's me every time. I've never got a chicken dinner. I've never, uh, you know. And we played that game for a solid... We, yeah, we played it for a while. Yeah, we did. I think if you're stuck with me, if we both stuck with it, I would have led you to a chicken dinner I think point. I think I stand a lot better chance. Like, I've, I've gotten a lot of top tens by myself. Mm. Uh, I am not great at those sorts of games. I mm. did have a lot of fun. Yeah. But I did like the team dynamics because... Yeah, I think that game is best when you've got a bunch of mates and you're goofing around. Yeah. Driving it's just, a car. It's just and fun. Like- <laughs> it's like people go this way and go, no, no, this way, this way, this way. But, you know, you, me and Nath and uh, our New Zealand friend, yeah. we got real close one day. Chicken Sanchez. Chicken Sanchez. We, <laughs> I was talking to this guy the entire time and didn't realize he couldn't hear me because we were all in Discord and he was just like, he was just going, hey, hey bro, I can't hear you, man. He was using the in-game yeah. Yeah, yeah. Team chat, yeah. which we, which Nathan was using, but we weren't. So. Yeah, actually, I had this weird issue recently that I only realised until now that that the game wasn't recognising my microphone. Ooh, but I fixed it, and now okay. it is, which is great. So now I can talk to randoms. Oh, goody! That's I what PUBG. I want to do on the internet. Sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's bad. I joined a team once, and this guy was this guy decided that he would um, have fun with my my name mm-hmm. in the game, which is the famous Rob. Oh, and, and yeah. so he was like, oh I've my god, it's like, oh my god, Rob, is it you? And from moment I was like. Wait, does this person know me in real life? And I was like, oh, it's a joke. And so I played along and pretended I was like some celebrity or other. And I think, did I call yeah. myself the infamous AC? Is that like, because I can't remember if it's been so long since I've played that game now. Yeah. But it sounds like something I would have done in response to your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something you would do. Um, yeah, so it's fun. I think what really rubbed, the only thing that really rubs me the wrong way with that game is the way that they've, they've changed the... Um, the loot boxes thing where like now you have to buy keys with real money to unlock your loot boxes. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So yeah, I'm just not getting loot. No. I'm not getting cosmetics now because don't I just don't, them. I just don't care. And I, ha- I have a bunch of cosmetics I unlocked when I was, when, when the game was still in early access. So um, that's, I've still got my like stupid looking steampunk goggles that I love to wear. Um, I just, I never really unlocked anything cool. Yeah. Like I, I, I came in late enough that they realized that you know, people will pay yeah. actual money to unlock cooler stuff. And I played enough that I got a couple of boxes and stuff, but never it was always like the most generic stuff. So I just never bothered. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, so I played a bunch more of that. Um, in other gaming news, I mm-hmm. play. I finished Wonder Boy Three: The Dragon's Trap. <gasps> so cool. Yeah, um, that game was it as hard as you thought it would be? No, you know what? It's funny, like, I actually had a very easy time on the last level. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember it being that easy as a kid. But I think... Did I think they make it easier? Or are you just older no, and more experienced? I think I remembered, I think I remembered how to beat it. Ah, you know? okay. Yeah. But the other thing is that 
I think what my memory of how hard it was was really because I, I beat that game without a guide, like just through like playing it enough and like learning how to, learning where everything is and everything. And so the, by the time I beat it, I felt like a massive achievement. So you kind of had a bit of muscle memory this time? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So on reflection, looking back on across the whole game, I think there are some like flaws. Hmm. And I do feel like ultimately Wonder Boy and Monsterland is probably a better game overall in in terms of like the challenge it gives you mm. and like the the sense of reward you get from playing it well because a lot of Wonder Boy 3 is like the bosses aren't that tough they aren't really that hard yeah and yeah. and a lot of the levels are like there's a lot of busy work getting through the levels to the bosses um but that being said, like the overall structure, like I'm really impressed by the way they designed the game, the way they sort of designed the levels and and the the Metroidvania-ness of it. Like the, you know, the way the different abilities unlock different areas and the way they've designed the game to give you access to certain things at certain times is very clever and very well done. But I've always been a, I've always been more of a, a Monsterland fan. Even as a kid, I always used to say, I like Monsterland more than Wonder Boy 3 and kids at school would be like, you're crazy. That was probably me, even um, if I didn't know what you were talking about because I just like calling you crazy. <clears throat> because most, it, because Wonder Boy 3 looks better. Yeah. It's, it's graphically a nicer game and it's clearly more complex than Monsterland. So I think a lot of kids in the playground would just decide, well, that means it's better. Um, but yeah, on reflection, Monsterland is much more challenging and I think when I beat that game, I've only beaten Monsterland like a handful of times, but I've beaten Wonder Boy three like you know probably dozens. Well, Monsterland is a lot more Metroidvania in the fact that it's kind of like where the well, hell you, you go because you can fall underwater and there's a whole kind of village down there. Oh, and... but it's, but you can't backtrack though. That's kind of the yeah. That's, that's true. I think Metroidvania is you have to be able to explore the entire world mm. at all times. Yeah, that, that's true. You know, yeah. if it's locking you off, then it's yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny if you think about the way. People describe Metroidvania. I mean, it's you not go, really even a genre. It's just someone came up with a stupid name in that world. I think it was mostly Jeremy Parrish of yeah. uh, Retronauts, actually. I, even, I think, yeah, I'm one of those people who takes issue with that, that I don't, name. Yeah, because, I because understand. Like, like, Castlevania didn't even become one of those games until Symphony of the Night. It wasn't really... Which is like 96 or 97 yeah, or not, something. It's not I mean, always been that. No. You know? <laughs> so it's annoying. I mean, but if you think about it that yeah. way, like... You know, um, Mario... Pitfall is really a Metroidvania in some ways, you know? Yeah. I mean, Super Mario World is, like, technically a Metroidvania if you apply those rules to it. Because you can 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 go back and explore. You can explore, yeah. yeah. You can go and do the same level many times. And, you know, there are different exits and stuff like that. So Yeah. 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 Every level of Mario Brothers is a mini mini Metroid. Yeah, sorry. Super Mario World is a mini Metroidvania in some way. In some way. Look at yeah, this genres are uh, categories and things are very arbitrary, aren't they? Really? They really are. Yeah. People just go out. They don't think I want to make this time again. They just want to say I have an idea for a game and I want to make it this way. Yeah, that's cool. So have, has anything been going on in your serial court life? Yeah, says Doctor Sigmund Freud. Look, man, not really. I've I didn't mention it last episode, but I I finished my astrology courses. Yep. Um, so I, I said th- congratulations. Yeah. We smoked cigars. We did smoke cigars, and then we didn't talk about it on the podcast at all. It's funny, but no, no, because we smoked cigars after we did the podcast, <laughs> dumbass. No, I meant, I meant. <laughs> don't call me a dumbass. <laughs> this isn't this isn't fucking Abbott and Costello, you know. Um, the what I, what I meant was that. Uh, we made a big deal out of it, like in our private lives, but then on the podcast, we didn't actually talk about it at all. That is true. Um, yes. So we. Yeah, I did. I did pass those things. So I've been playing a lot of games. I mean, yeah. No. So Rob's yeah. been going through his backlog, which has been good. I've been chilling. 
AC. Chillin' and maybe a little bit of illin'. Not all, much. All the stress was lifted off you all at once. Yeah, that's right. And I'm, I'm a I mean, to a certain AC. extent. Yeah. yeah so, so congratulations. I'll say it officially. So yeah. you are now a, and, I, and I'm quoting directly here, <coughs> a licensed quack. That's right. Fully qualified for quackery. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's been good to have some some free time, some real free time where I'm not constantly thinking in the back of my mind, oh, I really should be working on those essays or whatever. Not so, hanging out with this doofus. <laughs> that's how I always feel. Uh, but yeah, that's really all I have to say. I, one thing I've been contemplating is the need for a haircut, AC. I don't know if you've recognized that my hair's getting a bit buffy. Um, Dude, look, who are you talking to? For those, <laughs> for those of you out there, like I had a crew cut for the overwhelming majority of my life. Mm. If it got too long or and my hair grows really curly when it gets long. Yeah. I just went, no, nope, not having that. <laughs> Over the past two years, uh, basically when I found out that I was gonna have a baby, I thought if it's if it's a boy or a girl, mm-hmm. they might want to have long hair and style it and I know nothing about hair because I've kept it short. Mm-hmm. Now I'm lucky because I have a thick head of hair. Mm-hmm. But I know nothing about hair because I kept it short because it's always annoyed me. So I actually went into the process of growing my hair. And it got to really annoying stages. But now it finally grew to the point where I can tie it back. Mm. Like in a, some would say, either an emaciated ponytail or pithy <laughs> little man bun. But, over, you know, since then it's been almost a year and I've been able to grow it back so I can actually tie it back. And I look like a 90s villain. Yeah. Basically from like a, a television show or Duncan <laughs> McLeod from Highlander, the series. Yeah, I was going to say you do look like you, you ought to be... Uh you know, a white T-shirt, blue jeans, the sword, <laughs> white sneakers, probably. Yeah. Uh, so it, I do. I, I actually love having long hair because I've kind of wanted it for a long time. I just mm. never have the patience to, to grow it out, and I've had been in certain circumstances where I couldn't. But being a public servant, um, you know, if, if I decide to grow my hair long, they can't fire me for that, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I, I'm getting, I'm still getting used to the idea of having long hair, even though it's yeah. been like a year where I can tie it up. It's like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this. <laughs> Something that I love saying to my wife, um, who just gets the shits immediately, is like going, oh, hey, honey, you know the hair ties that we put on our hair? Mm. And the funny thing is here that she actually stole a lot of my hair ties. I found some <laughs> good ones from the 100 yen shop and she nicked them, like most of them. Uh, and, she's, and she stretches them out too much. So it's like, oh, I can't use these anymore. <laughs> she stretched out my hair ties. She's ruining your she's, hair ties. She's like, she, she, I found these and she's stolen them. So in response, what I did was whenever I, I like, I'm not tying my hair up and I, I have it down, mm. um, I put my, my hair tie around my wrist Right. And I go up to Maria and say, hey, Maria, I don't think any girl has ever thought about this. But if you have like a spare hair tie you're not using, you can keep it around your wrist like this and you can like use it whenever you want. I think she slapped me the first time I said that. Because <laughs> uh, it's just fun. It's just funny. And I love having long hair. It is still very curly, but it's getting to the length now where it's yeah. not growing out. It's growing down. Yeah, it has its own weight to it. Yeah. So it's like starting to hang down a bit. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is fun. So your hair, no, <clears throat> in conclusion, does not look that long to me. <laughs> well, I think it. I think it's time for a trim. So I'm going to go in tomorrow and and get it chopped off. Um, I'll do it for free. I don't want you to do Robbie, it, Robbie. I'll do it for free. You'll save money, and I, I will do a great job. I don't mohawk. I'm going to do a mohawk. Can you do like a prodigy kind of like a double mohawk thing? You know, like I could, like devil horns. I could actually. Our our my friend Mark. Yes. He does do that. 
It's a Mo- great twin it's mohawks, a, it's often a, painted purple. It's a great look. He's a drama teacher. Makes sense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Actually, he's an English teacher mostly these days. That's drama more English, but still, same thing, really. I think that, you know, it worked for the prodigy. <laughs> did it, though? <laughs> In 2018, Robbie, did it really hey, work for the prodigy? I think we all still feel that Smack My Bitch Up was a great song. Did it really, though? <laughs> it, it captures oh, the look, essence of what we really feel about. If you've never seen a photo of us, Robert looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi. From, but not from the movies, from like Clone Wars, like the, the weird ass animated <laughs> CGI Obi Wan Kenobi. Like, they look like Satan's hellspawn. They need to be <laughs> burnt alive. Uh, they're like horrific puppets. Look, basically. I'm not judging you, Robbie. I'm just look, saying what everyone's hey man, thinking. If you like, if you like those Clone Wars cartoons, that's cool, man. But to me, they always looked like like horrific <laughs> Harlequins, like just carved out of wood. <laughs> Basically, right, I've described you. You can describe me. What do I look like? I've got my hair down now. Um, I've taken it out of my man bun. Uh, <laughs> be, as, be as cruel as you want. Uh, what do you look like? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't have it in me. I, I can't think of. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm not- a really bad reject from like a, <laughs> a protein pro V, Pantene pro V. I can't commercial. I don't know. No, I, yeah. What are they I, called? I've got nothing for you. Look kind of like Severus Snape a little bit, maybe <laughs> with a beard. Seth. Man, maybe that dude would have got a lot more pussy if he had a beard. I'm yeah. just saying, you know, that's because that's what that's what he wanted. We wanted one pussy, and she was dead. And oh god, <clears throat> that didn't happen. Yeah, look, I'm not familiar enough with the Harry Potter lore. I know, I know, he, I know, he did a stabbing of the Dumbledores or whatever. I shoved him off a building or something. <laughs> it was basically a reverse of what happened at the end of um, Die Hard, right, but yeah. it was him doing the pushing this time. So you, I've got magic, but I can't fly. He pushed him off the building and he fell down, and then it was Nakatomi Plaza as well. And then a little ring of dust, like path, kind of <laughs> like a, in a like in a Roadrunner cartoon. We. We did actually watch those movies together. We did, but we were f- we did a lot of drinking. Drunk. We drank a lot of butter beer. <laughs> so butter, what yeah. is it called? Butter beer. Butter beer. Yeah. yeah. So I actually made our own version of butter beer. Mm-hmm. Like I con- concocted this myself. He brewed it in his bathtub. <laughs> bathtub butter beer. <laughs> Patent pending, people. But basically, I, I looked all over Canberra for brown creamy soda. <laughs> Sorry, I was just waiting for you to finish that sentence. <laughs> Brown dot dot dot. <laughs> so it's usually red, but brown creamy soda, mm-hmm. or creaming soda, however you want to say it. There are brown varieties. Yes. And what I did was I got that and I got a shitload of vodka, mixed them together and then got whipped cream and put it on top. And it looks like, it just looks like a beer. Mm-hmm. And then you drink it and it's the sweetest thing ever with the, the cream and the vodka and mm. the creamy it's soda. really nice. And it was actually really good. Yeah. But the thing is like, these movies go for like what fucking three hours each yes so we got fucking roasted (laughs) we got so drunk it was fun watching those with you it was was a funny experience because everyone else had seen them like a bunch and I was the only one who hadn't seen them before but you didn't care that much either but I was like just I was it was funny because I was sort of like doing what I often do with films and like sort of mocking them and like making fun of like what's happening on the screen and stuff like that and 
there were certain people in, in in that room who were very upset with me for mocking the film. Yes, I yes, I, I people were upset with me as well. They were like, "This is this is serious business." Harry Potter's is my is my god. <laughs> this is this is my this is my childhood. You're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's the, that's the odd thing about it. Like, but the funny thing is, like most of us were like we were not children. <laughs> we were grown adults when those movies came us, out. Yes. You know, I, I actually I really enjoyed the books and I enjoyed the movies when they came out. <clears> and I saw them once each, and I went, "Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool series." Yeah, and I moved on with my life. I never really gave it too much of a oh, thinking look, after that, but it I, was good to go back and and watch them again. They're good. It's good stuff. They're I, good stuff. I, yeah. I I enjoyed the films. Um, I didn't think they were like the best thing ever or anything, but I was hmm. like, "This is good." They're, they, they're, they're very enjoyable. It's yeah. fun, good stuff. Popcorn and butter beer and all that jazz. Yeah. AC, my friend AC. You you have you have games and and you play them sometimes and also live live as a, as a human <laughs> as on the a planet. Human. I try and live as a human. It's bloody hard. So why don't you tell me about the living that you do? Perhaps the living. I don't know. Like, <laughs> sorry, I'm not doing a whole lot of living at the moment. Like, oh, oh yeah, it's Friday night. Our jobs are actually quite stressful at the moment. My job in particular, we have a, a large meeting when you heard might have heard me complain about pretty much a year ago. Mm. And that meeting is coming up again and I'm very busy doing that as well as other responsibilities. Um, rolling the logs down the street. Look, someone's got to do it, all right? <laughs> we get paid very well for that log rolling. That's right. <laughs> we get a subcontractor to actually chop down the trees though and set fire to them. Yep. Uh, it's a public service that we do for uh, you. Well, for you, the people. That's right. We don't just do it in Canberra as well. We, we do we do it randomly in other cities. We'll never tell you when or where, though. You're going to be ready to jump at any moment. <laughs> uh, so, look, as far as my life goes, not a whole lot's been happening there, as well as my gaming life. It's just kind of been um, B.O.U., really, business as usual. Yeah. And... I've been coming home quite tired because of everything that's been happening at the moment and just playing with May. And and that's good because like we set up a little kitchen for her. We bought some kitchen, like a little kitchen set with like with mini pots and mini pans and like mini uh, Velcro vegetables, which you stick together and get a knife and chop them in half. And it's a lot of fun. And she loves, she hates the knife, but she loves (laughs) ripping them apart. (laughs) It's more primal. Yeah, I think it is for her. Yeah. And it's 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 a lot of fun. And I've just been spending time with my family. Uh, Maria's been a little bit sick recently. Mm. So um, she's been going to bed very early, which means that there's no one around at night, which is actually quite boring. Mm. Like, I could be playing games, but I'm so tired that I just kind of sit around and watch Giant Bomb and just kind of want to go to bed early. Hmm. It's not the worst thing no, in the world. Sleep is good. Sleep is actually pretty good. It's underrated. <laughs> Yeah, when when you actually have the opportunity to go to sleep, it's it's not a bad thing. Mm. Uh, in terms of gaming, uh, I'll come back to my life in a little bit, but uh, in terms of gaming, I did get Alicia Dragoon, which is a very good oh, yes. Mega Drive game. Now, I might hear some of you say, you've already got that game. And you know what? You're absolutely fucking right. I do. Mm. For the... I have the Japanese version. Uh for the, uh, um, you know, for the Japanese Mega Drive. It's not actually called anything different. It's actually just called the Mega Drive. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's the Genesis in North America only. And uh, the I, and it's actually quite a rare game. Like, I ended up getting Alicia Dragoon, 
mm-hmm. for the Japanese Mega Drive for about a hundred bucks, and that's a good deal because it's wow. rare in Japan. It's even rarer, or at least not rare, but sought after in America. Mm. Very difficult to get. Turns out here in the PAL region, yeah, cheapest chips. I got one for twenty five bucks. Huh, there you go. And it not only that, it's basically region free. So if you've got a uh, sixty hertz Mega Drive, it works absolutely fucking fine. Huh, there you go. So. Yeah, I, I just I saw it in a store and I went, wow, that's really cheap. And then I looked it up later and went, actually, that's kind of average. But I'm glad I have an English version of this game because Alicia Dragoon is a great game. So there's rare examples of a game that's like very rare and expensive, but actually is good as well. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of rare because like her main attack is lightning, but it's not it, it seeks out its opponent. Yeah. And I you can deplete yeah. it. Mm. Uh, but it recharges pretty quickly. And if it recharges fully, then you've kind of got like a bamf attack where it kind of kills most things on the screen at once. Mm. Um, but there are a lot of things on the screen at once. So you've got to kind of selectively face the right direction to hit enemies first and stuff. And it, it's just a fun game. Yeah. You know, it's just a fun time on the Mega Drive. I've been trying to get the uh, the cart, the um, uh, the Mega EverDrive working oh, properly. Yes. Mm. I think I, I keep thinking I've got it, mm, mm. but I don't got it. Dang. Like, I, I thought I figured out a way to get the BIOS working, and it says, oh, yes, I am reading a PAL version of this disc now. And then mm. it goes, please insert RAM cart. And I'm like, you fucking what? Yeah. I wouldn't have a RAM cart inserted in this anyway. Why are you asking for one now? Yeah. So I have one cable, because this is all on the, um, the CDX. Like the little uh, Discman-sized Sega Genesis thing that I got from overseas. Mm. So I'll just stuff that for a minute. And I am looking for uh, the BIOS with that disc, but with the 32X for the Genesis. But if I can connect that and connect all of these together like a hodgepodge system with the BIOS in this cart, I might be able to have it all in one system. Right. But there is one thing that I'm missing. There is one small cable, which is in Mega Drive 1 to Mega Drive 2, which is also the 32X accessory because I'm also trying to plug in my 32X. <laughs> and I can't find that cable anywhere and I have looked everywhere for yeah, it. God. I don't know. I remember telling myself, I'm putting this here. It's somewhere safe. And I'll find it if I ever need it. And I cannot find it. And it's frustrating <laughs> the hell out of me. Mm. Um, but my other thing was that next episode is the 64th. That's right. Episode. AC. That's a significant number, isn't it? It is. Because I fucking hate the Nintendo 64. Should we do a system review or should we talk about a particular... I didn't know about this until we started the episode. And I actually take notes throughout the episode, believe it or not. You wouldn't you wouldn't think about it. But I've actually got here Nintendo 64 underlined. Mm. And we do a lot of esoteric consoles. We do. Uh, like this is like today, like the 2600 is not by any means a weird console. It's, it's very no. prolific. But it's the first time we've reviewed a game for it as far as I can remember. I think that's right. Mm. Yeah, I think that's right. With the exception of maybe Pac-Man. But that doesn't really count. No, we're really reviewing the arcade version, I think. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we've we've done uh, the Engage, we've done Virtual Boy games, and we kind of we've done a lot of Super Nintendo, Nintendo, and I think we we try and broaden our horizons a bit more. Mm. I don't think we've done an N sixty four game before, have we? I don't think so. I mean, and that's probably because neither of us are particularly. 
big fans of that system. Like there are some games. I mean, I can rattle off a few games that are good N64 games. Like, you know, it wasn't like a wasteland or anything, but there's not a lot of great... I mean, the library of great games for the N64 is considerably smaller than it is for, like, a lot of other systems. So, Some so. of the great games for that system are some of the greatest of all time. Yeah. But it drops off significantly after that. Yeah. You know, there there is a lot of waste that you... Like, we're probably okay at the time, but you just don't want to go back to. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm happy... Look, man, I'm happy to do it. I think we should. I think, I think we should either do a system review, which would not be kind, or an N64 game, which would also probably not be that oh, kind. Dare we go back to the? Oh. So we'll, talk, we'll talk off air about what we'll, games we've we'll got. talk. We'll talk about it, but I think we should probably do a 64 for, yeah, for episode should. 64. I, as a lot of you know, I am not a fan of Mario 64 that much. I don't want to force you to play Mario 64 if you don't want to. I have already forced myself to play that game, and I can say. Objectively, that game fucking sucks. <laughs> if you go back, if you if you didn't play it at the time, and you go back to that game now, you just say, "Man, the camera is shit." Mario just looks like three polygons with a red polygon on top. Objectively speaking, <laughs> Rob is Rob is just his, his no, eyes almost rolled out of his head. It's more just that like we you've kind of reviewed Mario sixty four about a hundred times on this podcast. <laughs> We won't do that. Most of it's just for show. It's just a bit of a joke, but I, I won't do that. If we do an, an N64 game, it'll be something a bit weirder than Mario 64. It'll be a, it'll be a really good game, like Turok. <laughs> or It'll have to be... Because you don't own an N64. <laughs> it'll have to be a game that I own. Yeah. I actually have quite a few games. Well, let's, we'll look through your library after this, perhaps. I have a Batman Beyond game. Ooh. I love Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. The game for it sucks. There's a hint for you. <laughs> it's terrible. We'll try and pick something, maybe an iconic 64 game. I okay, don't know. We'll, we'll try something that we yeah, can do in the next yeah. couple of weeks, but it's probably worth worth bringing up. Maybe a system review. Mm. Interesting. Well, the, the, look out for that. That'll be fun. Uh, next episode. Yeah, I think our, our listenership's going to drop off. We think, oh, but I love the N64. These guys are crazy. So, you know, we've actually played the games recently. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, other than that, Maria and May are thinking going back to Japan. Oh, really? Okay. In uh, early, well, actually mid-September, I want to say. Right. Um, it's just for a couple of weeks for my wife's father's second anniversary of his passing. Sure, that's a significant yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. So I can't, because I want to go back at the end of the year for a significant amount of time. I can't really afford to go now for a couple of weeks. Mm. So oh, it's kind of tricky, if you know what I mean. Mm, mm. Kind of a bit, it's like I'm going to be by myself, which is not great. But We can bachelor it up, AC. Yeah, you know, I... Whenever this happens, like mm. I, I feel like I should be taking advantage of it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not as 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 cool as it seems. It it's, really isn't. Take it from me, <laughs> <laughs> as you would know. It's just not. Look, it's look. You have to force it sometimes. Yeah, you know. But true. but sometimes it's cool. Yeah, like but some, I mean, you know, you know. I, I do want to. I, I certainly want to encourage them to go back and spend time with their family. I just wish I could be there to help because May's at that weird stage where you she's more than a baby mm. so she's a toddler but you can't like bribe her when she's only two years old like two and a half three years old you can start saying i'll give you this if you shut the fuck up yeah like i can do that with ruby now and it's like it'll be like do you want a biscuit she's like yeah and i'm like well you have to do this and she's like okay <laughs> yeah exactly it's like uh, the risk reward sort of thing yeah and 
May has not figured that out yet. So it's going to be very difficult for Maria to do that. And I feel really bad, but mm. I just, mm. I just can't, you know, burn two weeks of leave to go back. And then if I go back at the end of the year, it's like, I'll have like one week of leave and then have to come home and she wants to be there a bit longer. So hey. it's kind of like all or nothing sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's a bit tough, but, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys will figure it out. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you and I can batch it up. We'll, we'll be yeah. batching it, batching it to the nines. We'll eat many a pizza and smoke many a cigar <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it'll be good. Do you remember the now defunct uh, format mini disc? I do. I was kind of a believer in the in the format at the time. I don't want to say I was like I bought a mini disc player and recorder like in one unit. Sure. And it was it was good because it was compact. Yeah. And although MP3 players had been invented, like they were cheap, but the cards, the SD cards that went inside was so expensive. It was like, mm. oh, you can fit like three songs on there and have to like listen to them over and over again. <laughs> mini discs, though, it's like a basically a mini CD player. And mm. I always wondered, like, there were a couple of songs, uh, you know, that that were on mini disc, especially in Japan. Were any of them million sellers? And I don't think they were. Mm. So what I'd do, you're with me. I, I just, the, the idea of me having any sort of song uh-huh. is laughable but like some kind of hit single <laughs> and then i would what i do is i'd sell them as mini discs but what i do is i put a download code ah. with each mini disc so i'd still sell them mini disc and i would be like the only million million seller mini disc artist in the world and everyone <laughs> would still get my song and they'd all have a mini disc and say what the hell is this and throw it in the trash brilliant i love this plan i don't know i was just thinking i was just thinking about mini discs don't know why. It's Interesting a, format. One of those things that you do from time to time. Have you ever thought about zip disks, AC? I do. We, you and I used to use them. I still have mine somewhere, I want to say. I think I got rid of mine. It was a, it was a hundred, hundred megabytes. Meg. Yeah, or 200. I think ours was a hundred. Mm-hmm. And we used to store all of our projects. So Rob and I were in this really awkward phase of media where it was we were changing slowly between digital and analog. Yeah. No, sorry. It's analog to digital. That's right. So we would still film on beta and beta was actually the standard at the time for production reasons. Mm. We're not like talking about like handicam Betamax shit. And then we'd have to digitize that with a special machine and then we could edit. Yeah. And it was such a a laborious process (laughs) because you knew where it was heading, but there were no other technology in the year 2000 at the time. Yeah. It was affordable by the University of Canberra. That's right. Yeah, it's a funny thing thinking about that. We kind of went to uni at precisely the worst time because, mm. like, the internet wasn't really fully a thing. It was a thing, but it wasn't like it hadn't been fully realized yet, you know? Yeah, they, people uh, didn't really know what they wanted to do with it other than pornography. People still use the phrase new media in relation to. Or, or how? You know? The information superhighway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a superhighway. Oh, God. I, that should be the new name of this podcast. Information Superhighway Game Life Balance. Sure. Dot com, dot org, dot orgasm, dot XXX. Dot cricket bats to the penguins. <laughs> Goddamn fucking penguins. Anyway, you got, a, you got a quiz for me, Robbie. I do. I do, my fine feathered friend. <laughs> this is a quiz that I was partially inspired by, by Pitfall. Okay. In creating this quiz. Because what I thought about was uh, the name Pitfall. 
yep. falling. Yep. And I thought about fall damage, AC. So this is a quiz about fall damage okay, in the video game. It's a bit of a leap. Okay. Yes, it is. A, <laughs> you might say a bit of a, a jump. Oh, God. A platforming jump. Oh, no. Across. Okay, let's just get this over with. How many questions you got for me? Onto the crocodiles. Ten questions. Ten questions, AC. okay. There are uh, ten questions. Ten questions, time. and basically I'm going to read out the name of a game. You tell me whether that game has fall damage or not. Okay. All right, so fall damage for people who don't know is when you fall down in a game and you take damage, you idiot. Question number one, AC. I thought that kind of goes without saying, but okay. Hit so, me. Look, our listeners are notoriously stupid. <laughs> So, Especially the American ones. Yeah. Canadian ones, very smart. American ones, eh. <laughs> so, question number one. Donkey Kong for the arcade. Yes. Yes, there is fall damage in Donkey Kong. Correct. You get you get a point. Not only that, but it's not just fall damage from Mario. If you take <clears> all the girders away on the last screen, mm-hmm. Donkey Kong falls down, bumps his head, and has like a little halo above him. Yeah. So technically, he gets fall damage too. Yeah. You kill. You kill Donkey Kong. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Fuck that damn ape. <laughs> damn dirty ape. Uh, question number two. Donkey Kong Country. No. Correct. There is no fall damage in Donkey Kong Country. A blatant, a blatant disregard for the, the, uh, the ancestor. You know. Well, uh, I mean, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong Country is a very different game. Donkey Kong in that game is actually Donkey Kong Junior. That's right. Yes. Uh, Cranky Kong is the original Donkey Kong. I think is the hint. And Diddy Kong is a spider monkey. Yeah. Which kind of fucked up. I don't know how. What did he have to fuck to? Oh, a spider. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, it all makes sense. <laughs> all right, question number three, AC. Yep. Super Mario 64. Does it? Does Super Mario 64 have fall damage? Oh, I don't know. I never got far enough. Oh, actually, uh, depends what... Like, if you chuck him off a cliff and there's nothing beneath him? No, I'm also, that doesn't count as fall. Fall damage is, in, in my definition for this quiz, is you fall down, land on something. Okay, all right. You're still alive, but you've taken damage from yes. the fall. Yes, yes. The game has fall damage, yes, you're saying? Yes, definitely. Correct. Super Mario 64 I, does have fall damage. I tried to leap him off many a cliff. Unlike unlike the 2D Marios. What about this one, AC? Super Mario Sunshine. The Super Mario Sunshine. The, the next best Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Played that game. Uh, close, oh. close after Super no, Mario 64. No, it doesn't. They, they got rid of fall damage because they didn't want Mario to die. Except in the most explicit way possible, which was drowning. <laughs> I, my, my sources uh, suggest that Super Mario Sunshine does have fall damage. Okay, I'm wrong. Good. So, Good. I'll, I'll actually play that game now yeah. and kill him over I, and over again. With no fall damage. It must be great. Uh, <laughs> question number five, AC. Doom. Original Doom. No. Correct. No fall damage in Doom. Uh, what, about, what about this, AC? Mm-hmm. Doom 2016. Is there fall damage in Doom 2016? Oh, you know what? That's a good question because... Yes. No. No, really? It's interesting because what they do is when you fall, 
your suit absorbs the damage and it says oh. and it says something like impact compensation activated or something yes, like that. Yes, that's what I'm remembering and because everything goes red for a second. And it seems like you're taking damage, but you actually haven't. Ah, so good one. Of, yeah, it's a bit of a clever. trick question because I remember falling from great heights mm. and a red screen coming up, but okay. So yeah. those cool things when I realized, oh, I didn't take any damage from that. Just like, you know, a throwback to the original Doom there. So there you go. Question number seven. Similar, in a similar vein. Mm-hmm. What about Duke Nukem 3D? Yeah, you see. Duke Nukem 3D. Do I really have to go and think about Duke Nukem 3D? You give the ladies the money and they show you their boobus. Yes, there is fall damage in Duke Nukem 3D. There is, correct. They decided to put fall damage in that game. I like, I mean, that's the only way to kill yourself. I don't know. Like, uh, okay, Duke Nukem at the time was not the worst game ever. I'm no. going to say that right here and now because I played it. I was at the exact right age, like 15 years old or yeah. 14 year old or whatever You need to be a teenager to play this game. Yeah, basically, yeah. yes. Teenage boy specifically, I think. Um, or a particularly precocious female, perhaps. Uh, question number eight, AC. So it was patched in Australia to mm. patch out the nudity. That's right. But what you had to do is you had to go to this place called Boomerang Software, <laughs> which sold discs which would unpatch it for a dollar. Yeah. You'd go home and you'd install that dot .bat or dot yeah. uh, .execute file, and then you could see... The glorious pixels. You know, the, the, the one red pixel on a whole <laughs> bunch of white pixels, and it was... Great, I guess. I don't know. It was worth the effort. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Question number eight, AC. Yep. What about Castlevania for the NES? Fall damage? Oh, I've played that. Yes. You know what? It's interesting. Technically, there is no fall damage, but you do get stunned briefly if you fall from a certain distance. That's what I'm probably yeah. thinking about yeah. because I have played that, and the further you fall, like he drops and he goes, Ugh. and he kneels for a bit. Yes, and then he gets up and it's fine. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking about. So that's not technically so he doesn't not take technically damage. damage. He just is kind of a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, I don't like using that word. Simon this is the first one that, that came into my head. Known pussy. Yeah. <laughs> um, question number nine. You see. All he does is like fight zombies and Dracula and stuff. I can do that. Like a like a girl would or something. No, girls are better than him. <laughs> girls are well known for fighting Dracula. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. Question number nine. Spelunker. Not Spelunky. No, Spelunker. not Spelunky. Spelunker. Uh, we played that recently, didn't we? Uh, yes yes there is in fact it's very very harsh it is if you go over a head yeah like your body height taller you die yeah that's exactly right yeah he's very flimsy Spelunker well and wrapping it up AC question number 10 Mm -hmm. Spelunky not Spelunker no there's no full damage in that I'm afraid there is there is full damage (gasps) in Spelunky there is um, and it's very annoying not as annoying as Spelunker though so four to you six to me so well done sir I thought you might nail that one Uh, that was good because yeah yeah, the Castlevania one tripped me up because you do if, if you kind of can't move for a couple of seconds in Castlevania you usually get hit by like a Medusa head yeah, you get knocked back into a friggin' pit. Yeah, no, the knockback is the most annoying thing <laughs> in those games. And they're good games. Like, they're still very, very much worth playing now in 2018. But, yeah, there's there are some things I'm glad we left in the past. <laughs> Look, I want to say that the, uh, what's it called? The Bloodstained 
game, the um, the Kickstarter game made by the gentleman who who did Castlevania, Symphony of the Night. Yeah. yeah, so that guy. Apparently, that game has this thing where you get hit and you get knocked back off ledges and stuff like that. That's, <laughs> so, that's in hard mode. This is uh, like okay. So right, this is the eight right. bit esque version. He hasn't re- released the actual like Castlevania version, like the Symphony of the Night version. He's just released like the an eight bit version, like yeah. a throwback. And yeah, there is a hard mode where that happens, and there is like the easy mode or normal mode. Okay, all right, thank I you for the easy mode me. where that yeah. doesn't happen, and that is one of the more annoying aspects of Castlevania. Cool. All right, well, thank you for that because there's not often someone here who can actually correct all the many, many, many things I get wrong every episode. So I'm glad. My head is full of useless junk. Yeah. All right, Robbie, uh, what have the Gunna Geek Network been up to? Because we're part of them. What have they been doing, AC? Well, what they, haven't they been doing? They've been creating and posting great podcasts for you to listen to. We're not one of those, no. but we thought you'd like to hear about some of which <laughs> that are. Yeah, that's right. We we got one past the keeper, essentially. <laughs> they're asleep, but they're Very asleep. Very easy to bribe, it turns out. <laughs> that's right. Especially with sexual favours. Just give them a packet of chicken twisties and they'll do anything <laughs> for you. Chicken twisties. Okay, that sounds even more sexual than what I said. <laughs> I gave my wife a chicken twisty the other day, and now we're getting separated. Uh, question. <laughs> chicken twisty. Uh, yes. I now no, no longer have custody. <laughs> that just sounds like you get a chicken, and then like, you de-feather it, and then you just twist. No, never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay, you, you, what have the Gunner Geek Network been up to, Robbie? Well, AC, I can tell you... According mm-hmm. to my memory of great podcasts that I listen to, def- mm-hmm. which I definitely have listened to all of these. I actually do genuinely listen to some of these podcasts. So it's I, kind of insulting. I have good intentions to listen to some of these <laughs> at some point. Uh, Digital Soup, AC, uh-huh. episode 82. Mm-hmm. Goosebusters. That's the name of the episode, AC, which is a hilarious pun on the popular <laughs> 80s comedy film Goosebusters. No, Ghostbusters, you you moron. Goose is Loose was the, the film that everyone okay, enjoyed. Yep, okay, yep. The Goose is Loose, starring... Uh, Sounds like something that, that John Belushi would be in. That, yeah, he was in it. That's, yeah, that's well, Jim Belushi, not John Belushi, Jim Belushi. They were both in it. <laughs> is this a porno? It's just, should it, should it's, it be banned? It's Jim Belushi and John Belushi. In Y-fronts, chasing a goose around an empty empty factory floor for about I would fucking watch 60 that. minutes. I would watch that, man. Because, like, like, John Belushi... It's a very frisky like, goose, I see. ...would just, like, fucking bottle the goose? Like, with something you pull from his Y-fronts and then just, like, sit there drinking while, like, Jim tried to nurse the poor goose back to life and fail. That's pretty much the plot. Of <laughs> the goose is loose. Okay. All right. So on, on <laughs> oh my god! So in this hilarious episode, or maybe not hilarious, this very good episode of of the Digital Soup, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the guys, the guys discuss smart bandages, ooh, data security with fitness apps, and Captain Marvel, of my personal favorite Captain. They also play a might game, a might game of movie quote madness, and decide who to recast in some of their favourite films. These guys actually sound competent and good. If I ever fire you, which I've tried to do several times, I want to get one of these guys on the podcast. Except that, what the fuck is a might game? But I guess you have to listen to episode 82 of <laughs> Digital Soup to find out God damn what that Robbie. potential typo was about. So go and listen to them. I'm, it's good that they do an audio for your ears. <laughs> I'm just leaving you hanging there. They are actually good. 
the Gonna Geek Network has a whole bunch of really good podcasts, and we are not one of them. No. We are better than that. Look, I have... But we're not actually better. I think, AC, yep. that if we really try hard, if uh-huh. we put in a lot of effort and energy... Put perhaps, in the hard yards. Perhaps, you know, invest a bit of our own money. Yep. We can one day aspire to be maybe half as good as Game Life Balance US. <laughs> Speaking of which... The second worst podcast on the game. <laughs> <on the game. laughs> That's how they should advertise themselves. <laughs> like, they should go and say, we're the second worst... Just say, at least we aren't Game Life Balance Australia. It's on their t-shirt. Uh, so we hope you've enjoyed listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. You can visit us on the web at gamelifebalanceaustralia.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can contact us, me in particular, AC, on Twitter, at ProdTally. All I'm saying is bikini-clad anime girl. Not girls, just girl, just the one, just lum, yeah. all the time, every day, the daily lum. And sometimes I post something about retro gaming, I don't know. Sometimes he posts about lum twice in a day. I do. Sometimes, and he calls those days Saturdays. <laughs> That's because I have more free time. <laughs> and, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Friday. It's Friday, people. Uh, um... GLB Australia is our official Twitter feed. That's right. You can find links to our sister show at Gonna Geek and also GameOfBalanceAustralia.com. Yeah. Um, look, I'd say rate us on iTunes and your favorite podcast app, but if that hasn't worked by now, I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> but if you're a new listener and you listen to us today and said, wow, these guys are wacky and fun, please do that. Yeah, but if you listen to us and thought, these guys are really awful, then do it anyway, you bastard. Yeah. You inconsiderate slob. Or every every time you don't rate us highly on, on, on iTunes, I beat Rob up. That's right. He can only take so much. We're not at this point we're just appealing to your sympathy. <laughs> God. This is this is degenerating. Won't someone think weird. of poor Rob, i.e. me? No. Alright, fine. I've been working with you for several, several years and no. No one wants to think of me. Alright, this is uh, this is AC for Game Life Balance Australia. This is Rob from Game Life Balance Australia, and this is Bluey and Blackie, the sock puppets, our executives of Game Life Balance. Our dark overlords. Our dark, very dark. One of them in particular, overlords. And that's actually Bluey, not Blackie. Weirdly. You no, know, because they're bruises, like Bluey and Blackie, like because you wear socks on your hands and you like punch someone ah. and it really hurts, but it doesn't bruise as much. Ah, I see. Ah. Now I'm cutting the mustard. Yeah, that's why I always wear odd coloured socks. <laughs> we suck. <laughs>